WHMP. And good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. Hello, Dan. What's happening, Buzz? A lot How's happening. your Tuesday? Oh, yeah? There's a lot happening. Tell right. me more. Well, I think what we're about to hear is pretty interesting stuff that we uh, don't see every day. We have in the studio Brooks Ballinger and Matt Barron, a couple of um, citizens who are quite concerned about Richie Neal and what they call his secrets. Hello, Matt. Good afternoon. Thanks Matt for having Barron. us. Matt Barron, let me start with you. So... Tell me, what have you guys done, uh, along with, um, I think, John Weissman, correct? Yes, he's the third amigo from the town of Granby. Mm-hmm. So we created a website called Richie Neal Secrets, richienealsecrets.com, that um, really dig, lets folks do a deep dive into the congressman from the 1st Congressional District's uh, record on a number of very important issues, such as uh, retirement security and pensions, trade, um, health care, pharmaceuticals, defense spending, um, you know, food and agriculture, media, conglomeration. And we really show the relationship between a lot of these uh, policy decisions and votes that he's taken and his receipt of just mountains of corporate PAC money and lobbyist money. Um, because no one really knows. And the reason they don't know is because in our hollowed-out media landscape where legacy newsrooms are shrinking by the day, um, the media that cover him (laughs) are on bended knee, and he gets what we call, quote, grip-and-grin coverage. Uh, In fact, just today he's at Barnes Air National Guard Base in Westfield doing a grand announcement which Grip, is gripping and grinning, gripping and grinning, <laughs> which is great. You know, I mean, I want my congressman to bring home the bacon, but it's very unbalanced journalism because it's only showing fluffy puff pieces of, you know, bringing home the bacon and photo ops. There's no um, digging into, you know, what we've shown, which is sort of, you know, the relationship between his donors and and votes and policy outcomes. Well. Okay, so that's what you've been doing, creating this resource, this website, um, which is RichieNealSecrets.com. So you, Brooks Ballinger, um, you're part of the, you're a second of the three amigos, is yeah. that it? Well, I don't know if I'm second or third, but I'm well, in there. There you go, you're one of the amigos. <laughs> yeah. And so why don't you tell us, what is, where's the why of this? Tell us why you guys have been working on what you've been working on. Okay, um, I think you know we all have slightly different takes on it, but we all want a congressional representative who is fighting for us, who has the interests of the people of his district at heart. And um, what we find with, with Richard Neal is it looks a lot like he has the interests of corporations and not our interests. And most recently, and we'll get into this more, but... Um, I read an article which was not not covered by any of the local media, but was in The Intercept, which is not local media, um, pointing out that Richard Neal was struggling to prevent um, the removal of surprise medical billing, right? The Biden administration, to their credit, was trying to eliminate surprise medical billing, which is you go to the emergency room for whatever... And then a month later, you get, you know, you owe us $10,000. And the insurance company says, yeah, we're not paying for that. That was, you picked the wrong doctor. When you were unconscious, you picked the wrong doctor. (laughs) Um, Anyways, it's an abuse that everybody knows about. We often have friends who've experienced it. transparency in our medical building. Right. Right. So why is Congressman Neal trying to protect surprise medical billing? Obviously, not in the interests of the people that well, he's supposed to How was represent. he trying to protect it? What did he do overtly as chair of the Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives? Right. Well, he's um, at the last minute, um, several times, he's inserted some language or proposed some alternate bill to keep it in there. Um, I believe he joined a lawsuit to prevent the Biden administration from eliminating surprise medical billing. Why would he do that? Why would our congressman be doing something that's so obviously against the interests of all the people that I voted think for him? that's a fair question. I can't imagine that anybody would think it's not a fair question. So let me turn back to you, Matt Barron, and, and ask, 
So aren't we lucky in this region because, you know, we're Western Mass often either overlooked or maligned or both, and here we have the chair of the House Rules Committee in this Congress and the chair of the House Ways and Means Committee in this Congress. Uh, uh, so shouldn't we be happy? Why it, isn't that something we should be uh, really happy about and we should support having a chair of Ways and Means speaking on our behalf? We should, because going back to the days of Tip O'Neill, Massachusetts was always a congressional delegation that fought above its weight. Uh, O'Neill started a process of putting people on key committees where they could build seniority and keep pace with Southern uh, Democratic chairmen, and so that's how we accrued power and um, influence. And influence, even though as the decades passed, we would lose congressional members, you know, going from 12 to 11 to 10, now down to 9. Because of the census. Right. But, um, you know, in Congressman McGovern, who chairs the Rules Committee, he has forced, he's sworn off uh, corporate PAC donations, takes it from labor unions, but that's it. Uh, Neil, on the other hand, his largest segment of um, special interest is insurance, and that's why several years ago I nicknamed him D, parentheses, D, hyphen Mass Mutual <laughs> instead of D Springfield. <laughs> yeah, so, so what you're saying is the largest contributors are our insurance companies. Right. And, right. you know, with um, his, he also tried to deep six an Obama administration rule uh, put out by the Department of Labor, I think it was back in 2016, on retirement security that basically gave the retirement security industry the ability to, um, you know, make more money by giving retirees custom advice. Mm. And Biden, I mean, uh, Obama said, no, we don't need that. And they said, yes, you do. And again, that story was brought to light here by the Boston Globe, not by anybody in Hamden County or in his district, which I think is really telling. Uh, yeah, you know, especially given the, the cultural makeup, right. the demographic makeup of his district, which has changed because of the census of 2020. And he he has been um, my I've been in Ashfield for a very long time. How long has he served? Twenty eight years, is it now? Something like that. He was elected in nineteen eighty eight, so over thirty years, thirty two. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. And he has been my uh, congressman um, for ten years. And I there was an article in the uh, Greenfield Recorder. I was called because I don't know why. I was called by Richie Davis, who wrote the article. Mm -hmm. It was above the fold on page one. And um, I asked the question, Richie Neal, where's Richie? I've never seen him here. <laughs> we always had John Olver would come when, you know, there was a new election for student government in the middle school. He'd come and meet the new president. <laughs> right. And, yeah. you know, and the same is true with Jim McGovern, who was shaking hands with farmers and yeah, and walking the miles to feed people. Yeah. And, but Richie, where's Richie, has always been the... We refrain. call him the inaccessible congressman because he doesn't hold town hall meetings. The last one was September 15th, 2017 at Berkshire Community College in Pittsfield. That's just over five years ago. He doesn't hold them because he said they, quote, bring out the screamers. Now, if you're in politics, you have to have a thick skin. You know, it's a it's a well, rough. It's not only that, you have a diverse right. constituency, seven hundred and fifty thousand exactly. people. Exactly. You're but gonna back, have summer screamers. Back in two thousand nine in the Tea Party summer, he did a joint town hall meeting with Jim McGovern at UMass Medical and it was on Obamacare. And it was you know, people were not well behaved, let's put it that way. And he said, That's it. I'm not doing any more of these. Well, that's not that doesn't go with the job. I mean, well, his view of the job. His is view he, of the job, yeah, right. and he also doesn't hold district office hours, <laughs> so you can't get <laughs> FaceTime with the man to ask him. Well, questions. I just do want to point out. I should have pointed it out at the head of the program, um, but I pointed out now that I did invite Richie Neal, both his campaign and his mm -hmm. office as a representative. I invited him to to reply to this, and mm -hmm. I said if he'd like, he could have Friday at four o'clock. Mm -hmm. We could take twenty one minutes for him to mm -hmm. answer mm -hmm. your questions. Um, he. Um, sadly, I haven't heard. Mm. I didn't get, even get a no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is... Even a no would be something. I, mm. I know. So let me turn to you, Brooks Bellinger, and ask you, I mean, I think that in the primaries, um, Richard Neal got 72,000 
plus a few votes. There were about 195,000 people who, uh, who voted, no, I'm not counting blanks, 72,000 votes for the Democratic nomination is what Richie Neal got, and Dean James Mart the second got, um, or Martilli, I'm sorry. I'm misreading my own writing. I didn't even know who it was. Got 23,000 votes. Yeah. All right? About a third of what Richie got. And I'm wondering, are you worried that maybe this, your work is going to result in a Republican uh, whose policies are completely contrary to what your belief system is? No, uh, I'm not worried about that. I think this is a solidly Democratic district, and uh, what we need and what we're advocating for is somebody that really represents us, that's going to fight for us, that's going to end surprise medical billing, get Medicare for all, get a Green New Deal, you know, get some positive things for the people. And I think that is going to be a winner. I don't think somebody who's But they're like, not going to be this election. It's not going to be this election. And we understand that. This is, this is a long-term project. And what we're looking for is a progressive movement. It's not, you know, a attractive individual who like wows everybody for a couple of years and you know doesn't really do anything. We want a movement that builds um, to make real progress for the long term. So that's, that's our goal here. I think our producer here, Dan, wants to ask a question when we come out of the break uh, in two minutes. And your question, I think, involves accepting money, right? Yeah, I wanted to know uh, what the difference is between Richard Neal accepting donations versus uh, other congressmen uh, in the area who accept donations from, uh, from, corporate insurance, entity. from corporate entities or large-scale donations. Well, you're going to have two minutes to think about that because <laughs> we're going to take a break and we're going to be back. We're here with Brooks Ballinger and with Matt Barron. They have created this very interesting um, resource. One more time, Matt, tell people how to find it www.richienealsecrets.com Richie Neal Secrets No spaces No spaces, <laughs> just secrets We're going to be back with Matt and with Brooks right after these messages Stay with us This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg 101.5 WHMP For the first time in 50 years, I'll be convening a White House conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. This Wednesday, Mr. Belmonte goes to Washington. Hey, that's me. Dad always used to say the only causes worth fighting for were the lost causes. I'll be at the White House conference on food, nutrition, health, and hunger, hearing from experts and those affected by hunger. Will I get to meet the president? Who knows? With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Should I bring the AOC-inspired dress that I wore on the March for the Food Bank last year? Probably. Okay. Can you explain why? Be listening later this week and find out if we, as a nation, can find a solution to do what Congressman Jim McGovern has wanted to do for a long time. We must end hunger now. Because I wouldn't give you two cents for all your fancy rules. Get behind them, they didn't have a little bit of plain, ordinary, everyday kindness. Plus, this Wednesday is when you can sign up to join the March for the Food Bank 13. Sign up at montysmarch.com. You're not going to have a country that can make these kind of rules work if you haven't got men that have learned to tell you human rights from a punch in the nose. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you, but our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more. When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it. We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors. From the coasts of Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and New Jersey. The small communities of Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. To the dense forests of New Hampshire, Vermont, and New York, and historic Washington, D.C. We are here for our hometowns. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Army National Guard. Aired by the Massachusetts Broadcasters Association at this station. This is uh, from Rioja, and this is the Tierra. That means Earth. 
Thank, Thank you. you. I knew my language acquisition would come in handy. Every Friday morning, Monty visits the wine snobs to talk about wine at State Street. When you compare Spanish wines, Rioja especially, which is kind of like the Bordeaux of Spain, 90% of the time, stuff that you can get for $12, $15, $20 for Rioja is going to rival things that you're going to get $30, $35 for Bordeaux. The Tierra is still under 20 at $18.99. I mean, give me a break. I know. Yeah. Nose a little dustier on this one. Yeah. And fruitier. Almost like a caramel, actually. It's like cherry cola. Oh yeah, and this is a, is a Crianza? It is a Crianza. Which is a newer, like a fresher Rioja, right? That's true. Not yeah. quite Hoven. Crianza, it, it doesn't involve nearly as much of the barrel aging as a Reserva or Grand Reserva. I love this. Find your favorite wine and your next favorite wine at State Street Fruit Store Deli Wines and Spirits. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with Brooks Ballinger and Matt Barron. We are talking about Richie Neal Secrets, one <laughs> word, RichieNealSecrets.com, the website with the resources for uh, people to uh, gain some measure of transparency in uh, Richie Neal's uh, patterns of behavior, his practices, his fundraising, and the votes that he takes as a member of Congress representing the first district here in uh, Western Massachusetts. So um, let me throw this to you, Brooks. What, um, what is your hope? Question? Oh, I'm sorry. About the money? Dan's yeah, question. that's why I was. I oh, thought okay. it was Dan's question oh. was to Brooks. Oh, okay. Was it to okay. you, Matt? Go ahead. You want to answer? Sure, I'll answer. Dan, it. <laughs> let's repeat the Dan's question. Uh, okay, what is the difference between Rich and Neil receiving donations from insurance companies and big companies versus other Democrats in the state of Massachusetts? I would say the biggest difference is the volume, because Neil is the largest recipient of political action committee money in the U.S. House of Representatives. Including um, Republicans? Yeah, yeah, because he's in the majority. Democrats are in the majority. I'll give you an example of this. Um, sugar program. So 88 years ago in the Depression, 1934, Congress created a sugar program that is basically a mix of import quotas, marketing allotments, price supports, and tariffs to artificially raise the price of sugar. One Washington think tank called it, quote, a classic government-created cartel. And... Um, here in Massachusetts, we don't grow sugar beets like in the Red River Valley of North Dakota or Minnesota. We don't grow sugar cane like in Hawaii or Florida or Louisiana. And yet, over the years, especially between 1998 and 2018, so those 20 years, Neil has repeatedly voted against attempts to reform the sugar program, um, you know, in various farm bills or spending bills for the Agriculture Department. When I say modest reforms, like cutting the price of sugar by one cent a pound, a penny a pound. No, he won't do that. And so um, he's rewarded for this by getting, between 2000 and 2014, $16,000 in PAC money from these sugar PACs. The, the uh, American Crystal Sugar is the big one, uh, Michigan Sugar, Southern Minnesota Sugar Beet Co-op. Uh, American Sugarcane League, Florida Sugarcane League, et cetera. If you're McGovern, you're on the Agriculture Committee, there's no problem with it because he has to horse trade with other people around the country. McGovern wants food and nutrition priorities. Okay, well, I have to horse trade with the commodity people who represent sugar growers. Neil doesn't have any sugar producers in his district, but he has consumers and he has businesses that use sugar. And so... Where it really hits the road is that um, the Government Accounting Office said that the sugar price program costs food manufacturers and consumers between a billion and two dollar two billion a year in higher prices for the sweetener. <laughs> and in Massachusetts, we have about thirteen and a half thousand jobs generated among over four hundred establishments that produce you know breads, bakery products, soft drinks, confectionery sector. And between 
97 and 2015, the Commerce Department estimates for every sugar-producing job protected through the sugar program, three manufacturing jobs are lost. So here's a clear-cut case that nobody knows about where he takes this money, and it's really hurting both the manufacturers, like, you know, Superior in Maine, which is a large uh, firm in Southbridge in Worcester County that makes eclairs and brownies and stuff, and then us as end users who buy these products, and now in inflationary times, are paying even more. So let me ask you this, Brooks Ballinger. So obviously, he, uh, those contributors, we could call them sugar daddies, right? <laughs> so, but, and it's clear that he has his sugar daddies, and you have created the resource so we could see some of his sugar daddies. And, and there's some transparency in campaign finance, even though Super PACs are dark, but we can see some transparency, right? Yeah. How do you know that it's really this corrupted motivation that impacts his voting rather than in the example that Matt just gave about his inex otherwise inexplicable support for maintaining this government interference in the natural market for sugar, keeping prices elevated artificially? How do you know that's not just his ideological concern about government getting involved in private enterprise because he's a big free enterprise kind of guy. How can you determine when it's corruption because he's making this benefit, mm. getting this benefit versus that? Well, in a way, I'm not very interested in his, what's going on in his mind. You know, I would like a congressman who does not take money from corporate PACs and who votes in the interest of the citizens. So, However he thinks about it, you know, that, that's n not so relevant to me. Um, but just, just to give an, another example of, of how this plays out, over his career, he's received something like $700,000 from pharma, which is the drug companies, right? Um, and what do they get for their money? Well, they get a lot of things from him that are not in our interest, but just to give one current example, um, he was not supportive at all of uh, releasing the patents so that other factories that were all ready to produce vaccines for COVID could produce them, right? The result of that is we're paying more for COVID vaccines and poorer countries are not vaccinated. That comes back to us, you know, because COVID doesn't know borders. It comes right back to us with a new strain. And everybody says, oh, how could we have known that there'd be a new strain? Well, guess what? If you have millions and millions of people who are not vaccinated in poorer countries because people like Richie Neal prevented the vaccines from being produced cheaply, we're going to get the results of that. There's another one we show on our website where the government, we as taxpayers, brought to market drugs developed in government labs, NIH and such, and then they were given over on a silver platter to Big Pharma to patent and then sell back to us mm. at their price. One of the classics is Taxol, uh, derived from the Pacific U, which was found back in the 80s to cure ovarian cancer. Reagan was president and said to Bristol-Myers Squibb, hey, this is yours, baby, you know, charge what you want. So Bernie Sanders in the 90s had a couple of amendments to, to stop this, and Neil voted against them both times. And we have a chart showing the drugs that were developed on the government dime and what they are used to cure. You know, it's like, come on, man. Friend of pharma, <laughs> friend of, uh, of insurance companies. We only have one minute left. So why don't you, Brooks, um, Ballinger, please, uh, one last time, tell people uh, why they should use your resource and how to find it. Okay. Um, so, Richie Neal Secrets with no spaces in it dot com. Um, you will find it. It may take you a couple of tries because, you know, I was trying night before last and it wasn't as easy as I would like. And we'll, we'll try and fix that. Richie, not Richard. Richie, R I C H I E N E A L S E C R E T S dot com. Richie Neal Secrets dot com. Um, the, the point of this is to develop a resource that anyone who wants to work on getting a more representative um, member of Congress from this district, um, please take advantage of this. Talk to us. 
People might have other, you know, other information that we should add to this, or we'll put links to, uh, uh, you know, other articles that are out there. But um, it's part of this long-term project to have a progressive congressperson who really fights for us. And more transparency. Thank you, Brooks Ballinger. Thank you, Matt Barron. And in abstention, John Weissman, the longtime labor or postal worker organizer. Thank you for uh, creating this tool so that we could find out more about the person who contends he represents us. Thank you, gentlemen. We're going to be back Thank with you. Jackie <laughs> Walsh. Sure. Thomas uh, Jefferson said an informed populace makes wise decisions. I remember that he said that. <laughs> We're going to be right back with Jackie Walsh and Playbill right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family-run since 1964. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The City of Northampton is partnering with the state to offer tax credits to new businesses that open in currently empty spaces. The Gazette reports the city's application to designate much of downtown as a certified vacant storefront district was approved unanimously by the state's Economic Assistance Coordinating Council. The tax credits would equal $20,000 in tax relief for two new businesses each year. Greenfield, Holyoke, and Ware also participate in the vacant storefront district program. The Biden-Harris administration will host the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health tomorrow in Washington. Congressman Jim McGovern championed the idea of the conference, but has realistic expectations. But here's the one thing I want people to understand. So, you know, you do a conference, and the next day, you, when you wake up, it doesn't mean everything has been done or has been completed. I mean, the, the conference really is the beginning of a process. The, the real work is in the details and in the implementation on how you meet the goals. And also, you know, uh, whether there's follow-up. McGovern says the conference is the beginning of a conversation and will set the goals and parameters on how to implement the changes needed to end hunger. Members of the South Hadley Education Association and their supporters will be rallying from 4 to 6 p.m. Thursday at South Hadley High School. Bargaining teams from the union and school committee will meet with a state mediator to try to resolve stalled contract talks. Shia members will meet in the high school library where the mediation is set to take place and then bring the demonstration out into the street. Watch out for an isolated shower mid to late this afternoon, a high of 68 to 72. Scattered clouds tonight, overnight low 44 to 50. Sun cloud mix, another chance for showers tomorrow afternoon, a high of 64 to 68. 22 News Storm Team meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. On our next show, we'll have a fish wrap. Today's newspaper is tomorrow's fish wrap, and hopefully Monty reporting live from the Hunger, Nutrition, and Health Conference in Washington, D.C., and then a change of pace, Sex Matters, with our show's resident sexologist, Dr. Jane Fleischman. All this beginning Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. Ron Carter played with Miles Davis in the 60s with A Tribe Called Quest in the 90s. This Saturday, Ron Carter brings his quartet to Northampton's Academy of Music. The Northampton Jazz Festival, kicking off Friday with a jazz strut. Seven jazz ensembles around town. Saturday, the Freddie Bryant Brazilian Trio, Ashley Pizzotti. In Pulaski Park, Hot Club of New York spins rare jazz 78s. And so much more. This Friday and Saturday, jazz abounds downtown. See the full festival lineup at the Northampton Jazz Fest website. People like pink ladies. Macintosh and McCowns are popular. Red Delicious is the old standby. Gala, the new darling. Some people swear by Honeycrisp. And who doesn't love Granny Smith? 
Appling at River Valley Co-op, all the greatest hits, plus heirlooms like Carrie's Irish Pippin and Belle de Boscoop. With 50 varieties of apples, you never know. There's an heirloom called Sops of Wine? Really? Hooray, hooray, an apple a day. River Valley Co-op, wild about local apples. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And I'm excited for the, to hear more about this week's Playbill, but before we do, I just want to alert folks, if you haven't heard, I don't know whether it's going to be a headline tonight or not, but uh, a federal judge, Diane Humatiwa, from Arizona, has decided that the court lacks the jurisdiction to block that January 6th committee subpoena for Republican Party State Chair Kelly Ward and her husband Michael's cell phone data in the belief that that is going to, uh, in their probe to find out more about what happened in Arizona, that state-level backing for Donald Trump after his 2020 loss. They say that this is an important investigatory path that the uh, committee is taking. As we know, tomorrow the committee is going to hold a public hearing. It's going to be interesting. This was an impediment to them getting some information from the Republican chair in Arizona. It's a an important ruling by that U.S. district judge. So thank you, federal judge in Arizona. So, Jackie Walsh, what do we got going on? Hey, Buzz. A lot going on. Um, we have a great guest today. And before that, before speaking to him, I'd like to just give a little overview of all the great theater that's going on still into the fall. So we have Shakespeare and Company is go doing Golden Leaf Ragtime Blues September 23rd through October 30th. It, it explores the relationship between a black teenager and an aging Jewish vaudevillian through comedy and music. Uh, Mamma Mia's at the Majestic in Springfield through October 23rd. Angela Davis, A History of the U.S. is on from September 30th through October 2nd at Mount Holyoke. It's in French with subtitles. And this weekend I saw All of Me at Barrington Stage in Pittsfield. That's on September 21st through October 8th. It's about a couple who use text-to-speech technology. They both ride... Scooters, one is sort of from a working class family. The other has every imaginable, imaginable um, accessibility tool in his house. And uh, neither mother is very happy. They're a little overprotective. But it's, it was really, really cool and um, well acted. Both actors, I think, are in wheelchairs normally or scooters. And uh, I have to say, every time the lights went down because they were changing the sets and they got very close to the edge, I was worried about them, but everything went very well. Really good, good play. Um, Edward Albee's Seascape is at the Unicorn in Stockbridge through October 23rd. Uh, that won the Pulitzer. That's Berkshire Theatre Group's play. The Fleeter Moss is in rehearsal and will be on November 5th through 13th at the beautiful Academy of Music. Um, that is a Valley Light Opera production. Uh, very close to our studio, K&E Theater Group is doing the Wild Party October 7th through 15th. It's an off-Broadway gem, and in their publicity, they say it's one of the most exciting pulse-raising, or it has one of the most exciting pulse-raising scores ever written. It's about a party to end all parties in Manhattan that features jealousy and a gunshot. And then the Westfield Theater Group is doing Marvin's Room about a family experiencing a series of crises. It's supposed to be darkly humorous, and it's about caregiving, teenage rebellion, and loss. It's supposed to be deeply affecting. So there is a lot going There's on. There's a lot going usual. on, but what's going on in yes. the Shea is what so I want to know. Shea, help me with the pronunciation of, of the name of this play. Deus Ex Machina. Thank you. And we have today with us, this is at the Shea and Turner's Falls, a great, great little theater. Joe Delude, too, is the makeup artist for the play, uh, which is on this weekend, Thursday through Saturday in Turner's. He's also a makeup artist on Broadway. So I think Joe is on air. Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you? Very good. So tell us about your involvement with this play. 
so I did the original production of this um, really? when I was living here, yes, which was pre-pandemic. Uh, it was the first show that I actually performed in here in Western Massachusetts. Mm. It was the first show I performed in in a very long time mm. uh, and my first immersive show. So I performed and designed the makeup for it back then, and so that's what I'm doing again this time. So designing the makeup for everybody, teaching them what to do, helping them out, and then also performing my own role in it as the makeup actor. Mm-hmm. So what's the terminology? I mean, every play people do makeup. Um, and how do you distinguish between, like, I'm wondering, does this, did this play require um, unusual makeup or is it the standard makeup that actors wear? Well, it's actually what all of us are portraying ghosts of, from the theater. Ooh. And the theater's been around since the 1920s, the late 20s when it was built. So it was a vaudeville theater. And so we play ghosts that embody everybody from 1920s, 1940s, 1950s, 1970s, when the Renaissance group was here. And then there are a couple people that sort of embody just the ghosts of the of the actual physical building. They're part of the building that sort of manifests. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the Renaissance Renaissance community in the 70s. Can you remind people what that was? <laughs> yes. Uh, so they bought it and they had a little community here. I guess we'll call it a community. Some people call it a cult, but um, but they inhabited this building and they lived here and did their work here and um, yeah, had it for, I, I can't remember how many years they mm-hmm. had it here. Wow. I never knew that they lived there. I knew that they had workspaces, making food and doing other things. I think publishing or printing downtown yeah. in Turner's, but I didn't realize people lived there. Yeah, I mean, there were some people, as far as the, from what I have been told, there were, I mean, it wasn't like housing, but yes. there were people that, that, you know, made their home here. Right. Or at right. least, you know, stayed here for an extended period of time. Right. Maybe like that place in um, Florence where people work and uh, mm-hmm. on the slide yeah, sort of like stay a, there sort as of well. Like a com- yeah, sort yeah, of like a commune, but yeah. without being in a house. So, well, so can you tell us more about uh, Deus Ex Machina? Tell us what people are going to go and see if they, and they should, go to the Shea. They should. Um, it's, it's an incredible show. And so what, as I said, we're inhabiting these ghosts of, of the Shea and, and people that may or may not have performed here or lived here. And usually you come in through a front door, someone takes your ticket, you go sit in your seat, and you watch a show. But with this, it's immersive. So you'll be coming in through the back door, Mm-hmm. Um, there are more um, performers than there are people that can actually see the show. So we have about 24 performers and only 18 people can see the show at a time. So you get separated. You'll see areas of the theater that you wouldn't normally see. You'll see backstage. You'll see the workroom. You see the green room. You see like all of these really cool, fun little spaces of the theater that usually aren't accessible to the public. Um, you get to watch a scene from the wings of the stage instead of watching it from the audience, which is also really cool just to have that perspective. And so what we do is we sort of guide you along. Uh, we have different scenes that will happen. So sometimes you'll be in a group. Sometimes you're taken away from that group and you're brought into like a special little performance with one of the actors. So you get this small moment just to yourself. Um, and then eventually maybe you go back to your group and, and meet with them. Um, so it's really it's really an incredible experience and not like anything that, you know, you would normally experience in a theater. Mm-hmm. I'm super impressed by the list of people who are doing it. John Bechtold, who uh, does a ton of immersive theater in the area. Matthew Glassman, yes. who was the former... Mm-hmm. Co-director um, at Double Edge and Ashfield. Double Edge Theater. Tara Boland, who's a former, who was associated with the Punch Drunk Theater in London, which is sort of the epicenter of immersive theater. Yeah. And a person named Monty Belmonte. I'm wondering uh, how this just happens that so many big Isn't names like are Linda involved. Isn't Linda McInerney also involved? Yes, Linda McInerney yes. is the producer. Linda McInerney is the producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think what happens is because Linda's always been a person who kind of gathers all of these creatives together to create amazing work. Mm -hmm. And so I think with her and also with John, who is an incredible director and so open and giving in his direction and also allowing the performer to create something of their own. 
Um, and so I think that just that environment coming into that environment, people want to do this. You know, they want to be a part of it because you you do get to create and you do. I mean, I created my scene myself. Um, nice. You know, John said, you're the makeup actor. I have this vision of someone sitting at a, at a mirror and just constantly doing their makeup. And wow. you get to watch this. And so I switched it and I decided that my actor died before he ever made it to stage. And so that's why he's the ghost constantly doing his makeup. He never made it up Whoa, to the stage. Oh, that's great. Well, I yeah, think so, we have yeah. to take a break. We do have to take a break. It sounds like the real star of uh, Deus Ex Machina is the Shea Theater and it everything is. that has really gone is. on. It's, I know, I love it. Starring the Shea Starring Theater. the Shea Theater. Right. We're going to be back and talk more about uh, Deus Ex Machina. I... Uh, I didn't ask, and as soon as we come back, I, we will ask you how people can get tickets when the shows are going to be. We'll be right back. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. Modest, very minimal increase in the police budget, largely uh, due to just regular contractual um, obligations. Holyoke is nothing like Northampton and Greenfield. The quality of life uh, issues or demographics, very, very different. So I can never compare our police departments. The challenges we have going on in our city are very, very different. 101.5, We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Join Mark Patrick Seminars and lose the weight or stop smoking guaranteed for only $49.99. That's right, seminars are this Monday at Hotel Northampton. The weight loss seminar is at 5.30 and the stop smoking seminar is at 8 p.m. Go to markpatrickseminars.com to learn more. Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no-hassle negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Hi, Marty here from Lundgren Honda. If you are looking for a pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, we have it. The best selection. The most pre-owned vehicles you'll find anywhere in Franklin County and beyond. Over 100 to choose from. Some dealers may be struggling with their inventory, but not here at Lundgren Honda. We have over 25 half and three-quarter ton trucks in stock and ready to roll. Lundgren Honda is consistently increasing their inventory, the best selection of new and used vehicles in the tri-state region for the best price you'll find anywhere. Experience it. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. The only live and local news in the Pioneer Valley and for the Pioneer Valley. WHMP. The Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back to the show. It is Playbill. And before I throw it back to Jackie Walsh, we are here with makeup designer and actor Joe DeLude, who is playing in uh, Deus Ex Machina at the Shea Theater. So, Joe, I just wanted to ask you, when is the play happening and how can people get tickets? It is happening this Thursday through Saturday. And we have 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock shows each night. And they can get their tickets by uh, either going to the Shea Theater um, website or going to eggtooth.org. But I know that we are sold out, except I think we might have some on Thursday. Um, I'm not sure which show we have it available for. But also, sometimes there are no shows. So if you really are in the neighborhood and want to come by, you can always check and see if there's a no-show and, and maybe hopefully get in. 
Oh, when you said no show, I thought you meant no performance. I did too. <laughs> no <laughs> shows. Like, 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 no audience. People who members. bought tickets and don't show up. Yeah, cool. because the, yeah, the audience is supposed to come earlier so that they can all check in. Uh-huh. So we can make sure that we have the eighteen. Nice. People so there are even ghosts of audience members. Got it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jackie, all yours. So, um, so Joe is doing this play, but he also works on this road called Broadway in New York City. Um, so, uh, I'm curious what your first show on Broadway was and sort of how you got there. My first show that I designed on Broadway was Wicked, Mm. um, and which is kind of an incredible show that that would be my first show and it's still running to this day. Um, it'll be 20 years next year, uh, that we've, it's been running, um, and what's funny is that I actually have an opportunity. I'm going down to Brazil at the beginning of next year. A company down there is, is producing Wicked, but they only got the rights to the show, not to the design. So they asked if I would come and read the show for them. Whoa. Redesign the makeup. So 20 years after I first Whoa. did it, I get to do it again. Fantastic. Do you think Which they'll is do really things great. differently? Or yes. <laughs> yes, okay. a lot of time has passed. So. You know, and I've learned a lot. I mean, Wicked was my first show, and I had come from an editorial and fashion and TV background. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I knew theater because I had performed in theater, but now I know so much more. And also, like, technology is different. Lighting is different. So there's so many more things that I can do and so many more products that I can use that I wasn't able to use back then. Right. So tell us about some other shows that you've – some favorites. I'm sure it's hard to pick, but some some other shows you've worked on and – Give us a story um, or two. Sure. Well, one of my favorites was Beetlejuice, the mm-hmm. musical, which we just reopened post-pandemic, but unfortunately is going to be closing January 8th. Mm. Um, that was an incredible show. It was probably the hardest show that I've ever designed because Alex Timbers, the director, I'm used to directors wanting you to kind of pull back and not go there and make it easy. And, and Alex really pushed me to like go far He's like, just go for it. And if it's not working, we'll pull it back. But he's like, I want you to go there. So he he pushed me to, and it's probably one of the most creative shows that I've ever designed. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have said Uh, the word. You said the word. No, I had to say it three times. So it's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And then one of my favorites though, it was television. So I designed the makeup for Jesus Christ Superstar that was on NBC and, and got an Emmy nomination for it. Wow. Um, which was incredible. So, you know, growing up this little gay boy in Rhode Island, like watching these things on TV and suddenly I'm walking on a red carpet being oh interviewed God. and having the five guys from Queer Eye on one side and Judd Apatow on the other side. Oh <laughs> being like, what gosh. life am I leading right now? That's fantastic. A good one. So, yes. so yeah. c- getting back to Deus Ex Machina, what kind of makeup? did you design for the actors that are playing these various roles? So we have first like the 1920s, they're called the vaudevillians. So they're kind of flapper-esque. So we're doing a very like 1920s smoky dark eye with a small little red lip and some high blush. Um, And then we have actors from the 40s, so very like typical what you would think 1940s movie star look. And then 50s, the same thing, 1950s movie star look. Um, and then uh, on myself, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think it's just going to evolve every night and maybe be different every night. Um, and it just keeps growing and growing on me because I do it throughout the entire show. So I just keep adding more and more and more as the show goes on. Um, and then we have some go- the ghosts that represent the theater itself. And um, we have one that's like the ghost of the air. And um, she's going to be very ethereal and very like shimmery and shiny. So, you know, little, little things Then we have, you know, like a sort of silent film star type of makeup on, on one of the characters. So it's like, it's kind of like a mix of, of a lot of different eras. Right. Is one of the eras, the 60s, 70s Renaissance? We do the, yeah, we do the 70s, but we didn't, we don't do makeup on that because they probably didn't wear any. They didn't wear any, but if they're ghosts, maybe a little white stuff, whatever that's called. (laughs) No, we don't, the only ones that we're doing that with are the ghosts of the actual building. Um, uh-huh. So everybody else kind of looks very normal so that you feel like you're part of their world. Like you, they don't feel so distanced from you. Like if they were looking kind of ghostly and maybe sunken in or anything like that, I think you would feel more of a distance from them. Whereas now, like, because you're up close to these people. So 
Um, so you're going to, you know, you want to feel that warmth with them. You don't want to feel so detached from them. Mm -hmm. So, um, we only have two minutes, but maybe you could say a word or two about, um, you know, it's so different doing Broadway, like multiply it by a million times as far as money goes. Um, Mm -hmm. so what, why do you do anything local like this? It's, it's so small. I do it because I love it and, and it feeds my soul. Um, you know, I, I know that a lot of people like are, you know, when they hear what I do, get very excited and, and they're like, oh, my God, you must love it. But it becomes a job like any other job mm-hmm. um, with its own stresses. And it's very rewarding, but but it does. It's it's my job. Yes. Whereas this, I get to do what I want to do and, and mm. to be creative and to express that. And that that is what. I need personally to be able to then continue to do my job. Thank you. That was so clear. In fact, the whole interview, I mean, makeup is not something I know much about, and you made it so clear, <laughs> so thank you. So, again, oh, to get tickets. You did, but I, if I may, be, yeah. before we just started, sure. I just, we don't have much time. We only have a minute and a half, but I'm just wondering, whose idea was it to make this an immersive experience, and how much more trouble is it when you're bringing the audience in with all the unpredictability that goes along with that? Um, well, it was John Bechtold because he's done a lot of immersive work. He's worked um, with Punch Drunk as well in London. And, um, and so he, this is his baby and what he loves to do. And we've done many incarnations of immersive shows here at the Shea. So it does, it is more complicated, but with his mind, the way that it works, he can see it in his head and map it out. And then we get a show map that shows us where we are, what's happening. And, you know, it's kind of fun when you don't know what's going to happen and whether your audience member is going to respond to you or if they're going to do what you ask them to do or not. You, you get it's different every time. And that's what makes it also exciting for us. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. Tickets. People should go to Eggtooth. Eggtooth.org, and I believe they're also they might be selling them at the Shea Theater, or they'll have a link at, at the Shea Theater um, website as well to get them. And you say it's Thursday night through Saturday night. You think it's mostly sold out. There might be some tickets for Thursday night. There's two performances each night at seven o'clock and nine o'clock, and yes. you, you think that it's possible that there might be no show. Uh, audience, audience members so that there might be seats available for people. The precious few, only 18. Um, and, but uh, it sounds like it's really an extraordinary experience. It's not just sitting and watching, it's participating. It's participating. In you're in the scenes, you're, you're helping actors out, you're doing things backstage. So it's really, really fun. So Deus Ex Machina well in Turner's Falls this Ma- weekend. Thank Ma- you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you. Joe. Joe DeLude, thank you so much for joining us. Jackie, thank you so much for bringing that to us. And everybody else, have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Afternoon Buzz. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. an episode of the bill newman show want to revisit a conversation from legendary civil rights attorney from ashfield buzz eisenberg click on podcasts at whmp.com when it's happening here in the valley we're talking about it the only live and local talk in the valley and for the valley whmp it's the sound of life in the valley whmp.com What if there were a way to go into cancer surgery or treatment feeling more comfortable and optimistic? Recorded meditations can help. Doctors have said that it makes their job simpler. Nurses tell us their patients may go home sooner and need less pain medication. Cancer Connection creates custom meditations for for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station.